an African story formerly produced for radio, presented and read by Richard Nichols. Robertson puts the phone down. Kemp comes in, greets her and hands in the final report on the Linda Wendy case. The report stated that police in Johannesburg had found the following findings. Linda and Wendy were born to John and Judy Smith in May 1966. John Smith, born July 1939, died in a car accident July 1967. Judy Smith, born Judy Kobe, February 1937, died in a car accident July 1967. The two girls were taken in by Judy's sister, Fran Keyworth, born Fran Kobe, March 1923. Taken prisoner of war in 1941 in the April of that year in North Africa, serving in the then SA Army as a medic. Linda Smith adopted surname Van Zale. Wendy Smith adopted surname Lindbergh. Both Linda and Wendy, after leaving home, changed back to their surnames of birth. This was one of the factors leading to the case being solved. The next stage was to find Bob and his son, as Robertson sat in her office, happy that most of the case was solved, and now was looking for information to the location of Bob Winters and Peter Winters. The phone rings and Kemp takes the call. Can I help and who is speaking, please? It's Jan Nichols from Park Services. I need to see you urgently. The call ended and Kemp leaves the station house indicates to Robertson he may have a lead on the disappearance of Bob and that Jim and Jan have info on them being kidnapped. Jan and Kemp meet outside the office of the park to avoid any listening, devices or bugs, as these people are very resourceful in protecting their interests should the need arise. Kemp leaves with a recalled account of the call detailing the 20 million rand wanted by tomorrow or now today and the demand for the plane for the park which is still at the purchasing stage and Sam will take over as pilot. Kemp at the station makes the information available to his commanding officer, Lieutenant Colonel Robinson, and she makes plans to have a wiretap and tracing devices placed at the park office. So if contact is made by the young lady again, hopefully the location of the call will be traced back to where they are holding Bob. The advantage that the police have is the exchange for the phones is in the park and the police station is on park property. A report showed that a phone technician was on the property the day before Bob and Peter were taken. The person was a young lady, as was the person on the line. Could this be coincidence that the tech and the voice on the phone had the same gender? Further investigation showed that the phone operator did not dispatch anyone to the park and no faults had been reported. Robertson had to be on her guard as the group K158KZP were very resourceful and had a lot of branches placed between the park 
and Botswana and the greater South Africa. This means that the Winters boys, as they were being called, could be anywhere, even out the country. Jim sat in the office and had many long chats with Jan over the Winters boys' disappearance. No contact had been made by the poachers and the deadline for the money was today. You would think they would try and force the demands to be carried out or at the very least make a threat to park management as in killing the kidnapped Bob and Peter. The first lead. Robertson gets a call about a young lady the Jobo police have been looking for that is connected to the group. She's trained in electronics and could be the person who Jan had spoken to on the phone. Zondi and Kemp only a day later tell Linda that Wendy was her sister, but as they did not have any contact, the information did not mean much at all. The young woman on the phone is now in custody with CID in Joburg. You've been listening to an episode of African Story, read and written by Richard Nichols. Join me again for another exciting instalment of African Story coming soon.